Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make to Blog Talk Radio, May 5, 2015. Can you believe it's May already? I just am completely flabbergasted at how fast things seem to be going the older we get. And uh, boy, what a what a what a week it's been! And uh, la- actually, a couple last couple weeks. Um, we've got so much going on. Uh, tonight is a little different night. We do not have a guest tonight. It's just me. And uh, I'm going to end up talking to you a little bit about Gideon from the Old Testament because we're going to be spending some time with him this month. And uh, especially in the catch, I'm already writing a number of catches ahead. And we're going to have some a whole lot of fun with with this character and with his story, mainly because it's got he's got so much to teach us. But uh, before we do that, uh, there's a lot to talk about in the news. I thought I would touch upon a few things, and then uh, we're going to talk about Gideon. Also, to mention, since there is no guest, and since it's just me tonight, I would love to welcome a phone call or two if you're listening live and would like to call in and have anything you want to talk about or just simply to say hello, uh, we'd love to welcome your call. The guest call-in number is 646-716-5721. Once again, that's area code 646, number 716-5721. You can call in that number if you are um, listening. You probably can should be able to actually see that number on your screen if you're on your computer. And so you don't even have to hear it from me. Just draw your attention to it. Give me a call. Uh, I'd love to, to chat with anyone who would like to talk. But, uh, well, you can't help but think about uh, the earthquake, the terrible earthquake in Nepal, and what is going on there uh, still, um, the last I read, they're still finding bodies. And like even as late as yesterday, uh, people still being dug out alive, which is just unbelievably amazing. Um, it reminds you a, a little bit, I think, of, of, uh, of 9-11, doesn't it? And uh, how long we were still finding people. Um, such a great effort we see on on one hand the the horrificness of what can happen in natural disasters like this on the other hand the incredible outpouring of of uh, courage and love and strength 
and people who want to coming from all over the world to uh, get there and to do whatever they can to try and save lives, uh, medical personnel volunteering their time, um, search and rescue teams volunteering, so much, so much going on, and uh, we uh, we salute everybody who is involved in those efforts, and encourage you to uh, to send funds in to trusted sources like uh, we would certainly recommend World Vision. We do a lot of work with World Vision, with Women of Vision. And, uh, uh, and then, of course, there's the Red Cross and some of those other ones. Uh, World Vision is, is great because we know that uh, we know that 85% on the, of, the do, of every dollar goes right to the uh, needed area. There's only 15% of, uh, of funds go to... Um, marketing and uh, uh, fundraising and administration administration so uh, you know that's a that's a pretty good record and they've been around for years and years and years trusted source um, they are uh, just designate your gift to Nepal and I'm sure they will be getting it right to their own people who are on site and trying to administer as much help as they can at this time so we've got that. We've got then we've got Baltimore and this uh, the riots there and this whole unearthing that has happened ever since Fergin, Missouri. This unearthing of, of of racism that we I guess we maybe thought we had under control. Maybe we thought was buried. Uh, maybe we thought we just outgrew that. Uh, and we're finding, no, these feelings are not over, and maybe the reality of this is they will never be over, certainly from the standpoint of prejudice and the standpoint of learning how to love those who are different than us and the ease of surrounding myself with people who are just like me and then therefore building walls and then learning how to not like anybody who is different than us, how easy that is to do, how it, it it's a shortcut to bolstering one's pride and ego and sense of power, and yet it has nothing to do with, especially here, we like to talk about the kingdom of God. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with, with even being a good human being and caring for other human beings because it it sets people away from you. It sets uh, other people who are not like you outside of a circle and treats them with disrespect, and uh, there is just no place for this anywhere. And yet, uh, boy, these, these feelings keep popping up, and, uh, and of course, you know, a lot of the racism in this country is also tied to economics. And so it's all blended together in a, in a, in, in a nasty mix, and it can set off volatile fires. And we've seen that happen. We have to try to be better at this. And would that Christians could lead the way. That's one of the things we're trying to do here 
um, at the catch is trying to encourage Christians to lead the way out in the world in being civil, in allowing everyone to speak their mind, into being in a in the public square where people can be free to disagree. And uh, this is so important. Then what along these lines, it just happened recently uh, in Garland, Texas, where you have a, a woman uh, apparently is leading this whole thing, a real uh, avid Zionist who set up this whole thing, operation, uh, uh, set up a, a cartoon contest uh, to draw uh, the best Muhammad cartoon, which we know uh, literally killed people in England, 12 people, I believe, at, um, uh, at, at, the, at the newspaper there. And here, why would anyone do something like this purposely to incite something which exactly happened as planned and uh, and then scream free speech, free speech, free speech. My goodness, what what are we thinking? You know, yeah, free speech means the other guys get to speak too. And it means that the other guys get respect. So you don't do dumb things that you know is going to offend someone. If we're going to have a free and open public square, we need to start with a freedom to disagree. That means I have to allow all other mindsets to express themselves, even the most bizarre, even the most furthest on one side and furthest to the other. That's what it means to to be free to disagree. We need freedom for everyone. That means all religions and none, people without any religion at all, which is actually a faith too, uh, we believe. People have the right to speak freely. And so when you speak, you want to speak with some sense of respect and knowledge about all of these other people and their positions and their right to speak their mind. This is going to be probably the most needed in the public marketplace, the most needed characteristic uh, in, in, our, in our global world and, and in here and in your country. And, and I know here in the United States, Canada, other places where you may live, to support the freedom to disagree, open way, is really going to be the characteristic that is most needed if we're not going to blow each other up. And here's what my call is here, is that Christians would be the ones who would lead that parade. Wouldn't that be a great thing that and would turn the tables on so many people's thinking about who Christians are, um, to be Christians and to be leading the way towards a free and open exchange of ideas in the public square. Oz Guinness taught us that here, and we're seeking to live that out 
and encourage it um, in every opportunity we get. Because I believe in that way, the gospel of Jesus Christ then gains a hearing in that square and we have already created a, a respectful place where we can speak without having to force our message on anyone. We are offering our message and we have been the ones who have actually helped to create this place where we can share this message openly. This is what we need to be doing and this is what we want to encourage. And I, I encourage any of you in places of influence, maybe in the workplace, wherever you are in schools or education, um, that you seek to do whatever you can to, in the name of Jesus, foster and a free and open place and exchange of ideas and to give that, make an example of that, to be examples of this in our culture and in our society. That's really what I would like to encourage. It was exciting to see uh, just last week at Viola University, uh, this whole topic was a subject of a open exchange between two guys who are both believers, but they're way on two ends of the spectrum. Cornell West uh, on the on the on what you call the left, I guess, and, and Robert George on the right thing was uh, uh, narrated by Rick Warren of Saddleback Church. An fascinating exchange uh, and example, a perfect example of how this can be done because there were places where these two would disagree and yet there was an abundant amount of love and respect and uh, humor, good humor, and uh, a great time had by all and a civil discussion. Um, it was it was fantastic. And I'm sure that probably if you go on the Viola site um, and uh, start, or you just go in and Google Cornell West and Robert George, uh, you'll probably find um, this discourse, and I'm sure you can um, get a hold of it and see it uh, on demand. I, I certainly hope that they've done that because there's a lot to learn there. So th there's a few ideas. I've taken the first 15 minutes or so of our time together just to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world and to uh, make some make some points of, of uh, what we need to be what we need so much to be doing. Now, I want to get to talking briefly um, about our our subject uh, tonight that we advertise, and that is of the, the life of Gideon in the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to be spending the rest of the month of May, actually you will be starting in next week. Um, my catches will be all written from the life and times of Gideon and from the story. There's so much in this story. We're going to spend uh, about three weeks um, talking about aspects of this story and what it's there to teach us. Gideon is one of my favorite characters because he is so real and so human 
and so much like like us. And yet you those of you who have been with us for a while know we love to talk about the new covenant. The new covenant being a new arrangement um, with God made possible by what Jesus has done for us on the cross and by the fact that he has opened up a new way now to know God, a way by grace and mercy and a way opened up by his forgiveness. And now, because the Spirit of God has been made available to us by faith, now we can have the Spirit in us. And so change is something that can actually happen from the inside. The old covenant was all bringing our lives into some kind of uh, uh, some kind of standard externally based upon the law which was written on tablets of stone brought by Moses. That's all the old covenant. The Ten Commandments. Do this and you will things will go well with you. Do this and things will go poorly with you. That's all the old covenant. The new covenant is the law written on our hearts. It becomes a part of you. It becomes an in part of your inside through the Holy Spirit. We are taught of him. And we begin to actually live out the law, but we live it out uh, not by trying to bring our external life into an external standard, but we live it by loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and seeing God's work actually and will work out in and through our lives. Now, the amazing thing is that Gideon, in the Old Testament, Old Covenant time, became an incredible example of New Covenant realities. And we're going to open up that and unlock that um, in the next few weeks as we begin to see the life of Gideon. Um, The thing about Gideon, he was a judge. He lived in the time of of the nation of Israel after uh, after they had crossed, gotten free from Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, uh, crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land, now beginning to occupy that land and uh, take over their place in the Promised Land a land where was once ruled by Canaanites, what are called Canaanites is a broad term for all of the various kinds of ites that were uh, living and taking up residence in that area before the children of Israel got there. Joshua was the one who led them in military conquest to begin and uh, they were actually supposed to wipe out all of these people and take up their place in the land. And, of course, uh, they didn't do that. That was one of the first disobediences they they made. They made uh, agreements with these people. They uh, intermarried with their wives. They let some of them stay, and they they were supposed to completely wipe them off the face of the earth. They did not. And then they became a nemesis for them. They became their thorn in the flesh. They began to 
to uh, uh, be at, find their idols appealing and their women appealing and their lifestyle started to look appealing. And so this they began to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And when that happened, what God promised happened, he would turn them over to these people and they would become slaves and they would... Uh, uh, they they would be under attack, and their lives would be uh, in danger. And uh, this is exactly what has happened in this period of the nation of Israel. They do not have the kings yet. This is not not a time of kings ruling. This is a time of judges. And so God would send a, a judge and. Uh, this is where we have actually uh, a time of, of where Deborah was a judge, a, a woman, a female judge. And uh, 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 various judges came. Um, and what they would do would be under their power, they would come and they would bring uh, a reconnection to God. They would destroy the idols. They would reestablish God's kingdom. They would set up worship to the true God, things would go great, people would get themselves back together and they would have 40 years of peace and then that judge would die off and then they would start to just slip back into the old ways and they would start doing evil in the sight of the Lord and things would start going bad for them. Does this sound like anyone's life out there? Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Uh, the whole nation of Israel, I think, in many ways, is a is a is a composite of our lives and how we live our lives and how how things go well with us and how things go poorly with us. Oh boy, it's all human, isn't it? Well, Gideon was one of those judges, and he came in a time when uh, the nation of Israel was uh, scared to death. There were 120,000 Midianites camped in the valley about ready to come and, and completely wipe out the children of Israel. And uh, if not wipe them out, enslave them and take over their, uh, their lives and turn them into slaves and take over their wealth and whatever it is that they had gained. And uh, so these people are terribly afraid. And here is uh, Gideon, uh, who is going to be a judge, but he has no idea of it. That's the beauty. When he enters into the scene, he is God hasn't spoken to him. He has no idea what's going to happen to him. He is just he is just in a. Um, in, Hiding in a wine press, scriptures tell us, and hiding from the Midianites, most of the other people have left their homes because their homes have already been ransacked many times, and they have gone to the mountains. They're in caves. They're wherever they can find. And Gideon has found a wine press, which is a big hole in the ground that they used to trample grapes and turn them into wine. And would that, that he was creating wine, I'm sure he'd love some, but not in the present circumstances. Now, he's in the wine press. He's beating out wheat, 
trying to just make some flour so they can make some bread so that they can somehow stay alive. And Gideon is is uh, beating out wheat in the wine press when an angel shows up. Now, Gideon has no idea this is an angel. We know that at first because he calls him sir. He speaks to him like a human being. So this this is this is kind of like the two men that showed up with Abraham. They are just men. And a man shows up and starts talking to to Gideon. I think by from what the man was saying, the Gideon probably assumed he was a prophet. But the way he shows up is the very first thing he says is, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. <laughs> and don't you love that? There's Gideon trapped in his wine press, hiding, and here comes someone who says, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And Gideon is completely taken aback. He, he, he's, he's sure that you got the wrong wine press. Try the one down the street. No, this is not me. And a matter of fact, actually, Gideon immediately shows us a little bit of his, his, his anger and his resentment. Because here, this man has said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And what does Gideon reply? If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Oh, my. Oh, my. Is that not human or what? If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? If the Lord is with us, if God loves us, why does he send earthquakes? If God loves us, why Nepal? If God loves us and with us, why Baltimore? Why Garland, Texas? If God is with us, why do these things happen? It's the huge question of all humanity. Why do evil things, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does this go on? And um, that's the that's the first question out of Gideon's mouth. And he goes on to elaborate, and and he says, you know, all those great miracles, you brought us out of the land of Egypt. Why did you do that? Just to bring us here so that the Midianites could prey on us. Is that it? Is that what this is all for? And uh, Gideon is, is, is a bit upset here. And uh, that's what I love about Gideon. Uh, he is just... He, he's he's so human and so real, uh, just like the rest of us. I mean, he's timid, he's afraid, he's insecure. He later says, I, I'm from the smallest clan, the least of the tribes of Israel. He's full of doubt. It takes, by the way, it's going to take four miracles to prove to Gideon that God is really going to be with him. He's mad and resentful and he's hiding how and this is the guy this is the guy that's going to free this is the mighty hero who is going to free Israel you bet that's the guy and that's why you got to love this and you got to love Gideon because in so many ways Mm -hmm. is he not like all of us oh mighty hero Gideon is going to find out that it that the real 
power comes from God. It has nothing to do with him, nothing to do with his physical strength or his chariots or how good a horseman or how good he is with a sword. It certainly won't hurt if he's good with a sword. We'll find out about that. But the real power is going to come from God. And that's the way it is for all of us. And so you can really say to yourself, and to those you know who love God, mighty hero. You can say, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. That is true for you. It's true for me. Uh, we're going to have to find out this is true because we are all so very weak and vulnerable and hurting. I am going through a rough time right now. And I'm finding it hard to be a father. I've got two adult children, and I have a 15-year-old. Oh, my goodness. And here we go. We're doing this again. But uh, when my adult children were 15, the world was a different place. Uh, than where we are now at 15. And I am having to learn some very hard lessons. And I have found myself uh, many days hiding behind a wine press, wishing God had called someone else to do this, wondering how on earth I'm going to have what it takes, and uh, uh, it's a challenge, folks. It, it, it really is. But you know what? I can get up in the morning, and I can hear, oh, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. I can hear that. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the God I serve. And regardless of what's going on in my life, that is true. It's how I live. It, it, it's how I live from day to day. And, um, you know, I'm finding out that the Lord is with me. I'm finding out I do have courage and I do have the ability to go on and I do have the ability to get up and face what's facing me. And I do have the ability to love. If I put myself out there and be vulnerable and count on the life of the Spirit in me to love, I can I can love, too. Oh, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. You know, I, I hope that as we work through this, we will all come to realize that this is true for us as well. We are all Gideons. We are all afraid. And yet God says to each one of us, he says it to you right now, Oh, mighty warrior, 
The Lord is with you. You're a hero. You are a hero. Right now. Because the Lord is with you. And God is going to use you to free people. He's going to use you, even this day, to touch somebody. Maybe even heal somebody. Maybe heal a heart. Maybe open a mind. Maybe enable somebody to trust again. Who knows what you might be able to do. Because you're a hero. And because God is with you. Because you're a hero and God is with you, you don't have to be afraid. You can take one step at a time and walk in his power, no matter what comes in your way. And I've had some doozies, even today. So I offer this to all of us that we might walk in strength and power and in newness of life and that we would discover that we are all heroes. I hope you've enjoyed being with me today. I um, Next week, we'll be letting you know we'll have more guests. We've had some incredible guests on the show. I love what we've been able to do here with Blog Talk Radio, how much we've learned. My goodness, we've had sex traffickers. We've we've had uh, a church for registered sex offenders. We've, we've had um, Tony Campolo, Oz Guinness. Oh, my goodness. We, we've just, we've had, um, uh, oh, the game church, the gamer, the guys that go to the uh, video game conferences and tell people Jesus loves them. I mean, we have, we just had some wonderful folks. And you, if you're listening to this, you need to, to, to go through, go to our main link, link um, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the catch, where you have access to all of our shows. And just scroll down through there, and you'll find some very interesting shows if you haven't done that yet. All available to, to hear again. They're, they're fascinating, entertaining, and they'll open your mind and teach you and encourage you and uh, give you hope. I hope that uh, Gideon has given you some hope. He gives me hope. Mighty warrior, hero, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with me. And my friend, the Lord is with you today. And I hope that uh, you've been encouraged and that you'll keep following and keep trusting God with, uh, with all your heart. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.